0: Stories, spirituality, pathways, and aliens You're here on The Long Road Home Hello Hi
1: everyone How's (laughs)
0: it going? (laughs) And exhale And
1: end scene (laughs) God, I'm so tired
0: yeah, we're we're beat, you guys. I don't know about you. You know, it's we're we're happy. We're we're definitely feeling good this week, or going into this week. Feeling um,
1: something. It's been a long, long uh, election cycle. We're so glad it's over. Uh, if your candidate lost, it is because you didn't put enough flags on your vehicle. And I think we all need to remember that going into the next election cycle. So Gotta
0: buy more flags. Buy
1: more flags. Add it to your checklist. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, my eyes are tired. Everything. My whole body hurts. My back has been devices.
1: in legitimate pain for like three days now. Just we've been clinched in what's anticipation. Going on. I don't know. Well, we hope you guys survived. Welcome to another episode of The Long Road Home. We're so glad that you're here to join us again today.
0: I did want to say to all of our listeners outside of the U.S., we hope that you had a lovely time going about your day without election chaos, whilst intermittently watching our train wreck from a safe distance, hopefully with popcorn.
1: Yeah, maybe you had some sushi. I would have liked some sushi, <laughs> I'm craving sushi now. Yeah, we got mm-hmm. to get on that yeah.
0: here in Montana.
1: Uh, before we start, I would like to talk about something that I have been following, and some of you might have been as well. It's the Jetpack Man in LAX. Is he, he has, back? He's back. Uh, he's been Again? well. So you know, he got he was seen, and then he was seen by a Chinese airline. Right now, there is purported footage of the man landing in a hangar on LAX.
0: <gasps> no way. Yeah. Uh, but it, they didn't <laughs> catch him.
1: They didn't catch him. I mean, it could just be someone that, you know, is there now. I don't know. But the footage is debatable. I mean, it could have been doctored. I don't know. Like, here, we oh, can watch really? it really okay. fast. It's Let's right here. It. And, like, so what you're going to see is you're going to see this guy just kind of come in from the top left in towards the hangar. do we share
0: this? We'll share this.
1: Yeah, we should definitely share okay. it. But I'm just letting you know, like, it's, I don't know. I don't know what to think of it.
0: Oh, shit.
1: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That looks he so silly. He's just hovering in. It looks His weird. His
0: legs, Daglin. Here's um, the thing,
1: though. I don't know what a man looks like when he's in a jetpack.
0: I mean, that seems about right. Doesn't it? That seems about right. I really I don't know. Don't if know. It's doctored. It's hard to tell it's for very, sure. Very, very difficult to um, tell. I have I no idea. I don't know. Idea. It brings me joy. I really don't know. Yeah. It it's very me, nice it to see. It makes me happy. It made my
1: day a little bit brighter. <laughs> yeah, so he's been seen again. Uh, we'll, we'll be sure to share that video footage with you all on our Instagram, Twitter and all that shit. But, uh, I don't know what to think about the jetpack man. I don't know if he's harassing these people at this point. I don't think it's Elon Musk because from what I've heard, uh, from, I read somewhere that if it was Elon Musk, he would have told us by now.
0: <laughs> That's a very good point. He
1: would have made it known that he is flying around LA in a jetpack. That
0: or like, why would he be landing at LAX? I'm sure he'd have some sort of private land to be like messing around with this on.
1: Exactly. I I, yeah. I have no idea who Jetpack Man is. We may never know. Yeah, I would like that to he's find out. The around
0: the airport, it's so ballsy. Why is he? At the,
1: yeah, why you is know? he at the airport all the time? I fucking hate the airport. Why are you spending time there? You could be flying that jetpack well, anywhere it's in the world. Very dangerous. And you're hovering around LAX. Yeah. I don't know what he's doing.
0: He just wants to make himself known.
1: Yeah, I guess well, so.
0: yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens.
1: Yeah. Well, anyway, guys, we have done a full 180 from last week's episode. We were talking about something a little more sinister this week, a little more classic. We were talking about the Hinterkaifeck axe murders. <laughs> it's been talked about by a lot of people. We're going to give you our take on it.
0: Yeah. Um, True Crime 101. Let's it, do it. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's a classic German murder story and i've always it <laughs> is, is it? it is it's classic it is from what i Germany <laughs> no from what i've read the bavaria it is a very popular story and yeah. people still talk about it today especially in the area that it happened in
0: all right so shall we dive in
1: yeah let's go ahead and get going
0: okay speaking of the area kaifek is located in the German state of Bavaria. Bavaria is the largest German state, containing within it one-fifth of all German land.
1: Yeah, it's in sort of the southeastern corner of the country.
0: It is also the second most populous state, with Munich, Nuremberg, and Augsburg being contained within its borders. There are plenty of tiny rural areas outside the city walls, and it's in one of these small, lonely communities that this story takes place. Kaifek was a small settlement to the north of Wadehofen, around 50 miles north of Munich, Bavaria, Germany. A mile or so to the northeast of Kaifek was the village of Groburn. Between them lay the Witch's Wood, and at the northwest corner of the Witch's Wood stood an isolated farm. Witch's Wood, huh?
1: The <laughs> just, witch's Wood. We're
0: just going to, you know, call it something creepy and just skip on with the story.
1: I, yeah, that's not, I don't know. not they, a criticism
0: of me. It's a criticism of all of the articles that we've read that had no more details on why it's called The Witch's yeah, Wood. Yeah,
1: information on this is scant. And it's like on a lot of websites, but it's a lot of the same stuff. There's not a lot of detail into a lot of the different accounts and shit.
0: Well, there's definitely a story there. But I don't know. If you're living in Germany and listening and you know why it's called The Witch's Wood. I mean, it's full know. of witches. <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm Europe sure. Europe is full of magic. But I want to know who, what, when, where, why. Well, we, okay, we know where, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Colloquially, it was called Behind Kaifek or Hinter Kaifek in German. Today, Wadehofen is home to approximately 2,165 people. So you can imagine how small and rural this area was in 1922.
1: Yes. I feel like you're saying all these German names without screaming them, and that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> you have to say Hinters Kaifek, Grubben, Wadehofen. The Witch's Wood. That's French. No, that was That was, that was not it. That, <laughs> that was, not was not the right <laughs> accent. God damn it. I'm going to get my accents down one day.
0: You'll get there. We're only 12 episodes Training. in. I got a
1: lot of time to learn and you <laughs> have a lot of pain to sit through while you listen to me learn.
0: Okay, so we're at Hinterkaifeck the farm located on the corner of the Witch's Wood. Um, let's go.
1: Yeah, it was in a strange place. Very lonely, I think, out there.
0: And the year is 1922. The farm itself was inherited by Kodzilia Gruber when her first husband died in 1885. This inheritance may have been what attracted Andreas Gruber to the lady nine years his senior. Or maybe she had a rock and bod. We don't know. Maybe he wasn't in for the money.
1: <laughs> did anyone have a rock and bod in the early 1800s?
0: Somebody did. Maybe it was Kodzilia. Of three daughters born to the couple, Victoria, who was 35, was the only one to reach adulthood. Oh. oof.
1: The farmhands. They probably all got kicked by horses.
0: That's why they had so many, because they were like, we got to at least have one. Yeah. Andreas's relationship with Victoria is a point of contention in this story. In 1915, the two were charged for being involved in an incestuous relationship, which led to both serving time in jail.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's gross. Uh, This allegedly happened in like 1907. So this was almost a full decade later that they were charged with it.
0: Really? Oh, I didn't didn't catch Uh that part. Oh Yeah, okay.
1: someone finally came out and uh, I think it has a lot to do with Lawrence, their neighbor. Yeah. Their, their neighbors kind of kept seeing some weird stuff going on, so they were like, Maybe you guys should stop having sex with each other. That'd be really cool. And they didn't want to. So they took him to court. Anywho.
0: Anywho, Victoria served only a month while Andreas spent a year in jail. The two were accused a second time in nineteen twenty by their neighbor Lawrence. Um and I'm Schlittenbauer. Schlittenbauer Lawrence Strittenbauer. Lawrence is also a large character in this story because, in that later time frame, he too entered into a relationship with Victoria shortly after his wife died. So, there's just a lot of stuff happening. Yeah, this the was a farmstead. very,
1: very just like drama filled community. <laughs> they, yeah,
0: sexually active.
1: The tension, the sexual tension between everyone, I would imagine, was just uh, like cutting through butter
0: <laughs>
1: with an erection.
0: Oh, God, <laughs> <laughs> had to take it back. Um, So Lauren's relationship with the groupers uh, really begins to build the story that leads us to the murders at Hinter Kaifek, and that is where we will really begin.
1: Yeah, so other than having sex with her dad, Victoria Gabriel also ended up in a relationship with Lauren's for a period of time. Victoria Gabriel was 13 years younger than Lauren's. And according to their neighbor, Andreas Schweiger, she was a good-looking woman and a clever person who would have been loved. He later expresses what presumably all marriageable men thought of the hinter Hinterkaifak court heir. Other neighbors describe her as a woman who was very hardworking and could tackle the farm. As a court heir, she was also wealthy, so she would have been the ideal wife for a farm owner. Any man would have liked to have had a relationship with her, and according to a local in the village, Victoria was also a woman who would have liked to get married. Victoria had known Lawrence all her life. He was a local guide, and I have absolutely no idea what guide means. I tried to find more information out about the guy. This was the closest thing to a description of his job that I could get. He was a guide.
0: I like to think I hear that word and because of all of the period dramas that I like to secretly watch, and I guess I now just shared it with you all that I do that. Um like you will hire a guide to like take you somewhere or like they know the area. Or, okay. I mean that
1: makes sense. You know what you're saying makes sense. Maybe he took people through the woods.
0: Right. Like he helped you travel. I mean I guess it was nineteen twenty so there's definitely like vehicles There I mean. ain't
1: shit in rural Germany in nineteen twenty.
0: Yeah. Absolutely not I think I think right. what you're saying is correct. Thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well you know what? Thank you.
1: Lawrence was wealthy because he ran his own farm and had more land than the Hinter Kaifecker. <laughs> that's a stupid
0: that's a hint Yeah, cut
1: His names name to get long and confusing and funny sounding in addition due to the long illness and the death of his wife he had had a stroke of fate behind him that was comparable to the stroke of fate that victoria suffered from the war death of her husband so we had two people under very similar circumstances despite the age difference so victoria lost her first husband to the war a lot of people later claim that maybe he didn't actually die. But mm-hmm. from what I saw on one of my sources is that he did, in fact, die. And they've been able to find the, the records showing that.
0: Yeah, I think there was there was something about them not being able to find the body or something. But yeah, because it was to World War on the One. Front he got exploded. Yeah. Just
1: <laughs> <laughs> gone. Yeah. Uh, but so that happened to Victoria. Lawrence also had his wife die. Not, you know, as gruesome, but she also had a very long illness. He had to deal with it. And uh, she died eventually from it. So they did share that in common. And in grief, they did find one another. Um,
0: You could say that she was the um, girl next door.
1: She literally was the girl (laughs) next door. You don't have any options when, you know, half the community is named Victoria and half the community is named Andreas. Because that's, there are several Andres in this story. It seems that Lawrence knew at the time that Victoria had a criminal record for incest. So he knew she fucked her dad and he was like, meh. Like I said, small village, very limited options. Slim pickings. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes that baggage just doesn't seem that heavy when it's either her or your cousin. So I feel like um,
0: here the cousin might have been preferable, but that's okay. We'll continue. Fuck, I guess so.
1: Uh, at the beginning <laughs> of the relationship, he he didn't think that it would continue, right? uh because it's fucked up and they already almost they did go to jail for it for at least a period of time so otherwise he probably wouldn't have entered into a relationship with her and he certainly would not have wanted to marry her for many reasons he chose not to enter into a relationship with Victoria until after his wife died but also there would have been a very pragmatic reason to not do that because it would have not been possible to determine who the father of Victoria's children was from their intimate relationship
0: but they did fuck right I'm sorry. Eventually
1: they did, yeah. They
0: did have sex, mm-hmm. so all of this, well, I shouldn't do it because of this, and I shouldn't do it because of that. It, that's It's moot.
1: It is, to a point. Well, they didn't, he was concerned that if she had a child, they wouldn't be able to clearly say that it was his and not her dead husband's.
0: Oh, not her father's. Excuse me. I thought we were talking about dad still.
1: No, I don't. <laughs> I hope fucking, uh, I hope not. I, I assumed they were talking about her, their, her old husband. Understood. Her dead-ass husband.
0: So they both like waited an appropriate amount of time, is what you're saying? Yes. Okay. I understand. I'm caught up to speed.
1: Now, although Lauren says that, it didn't stop Victoria from crime. He, in a testimony later, in 1931, after the murders happened, he claims that Victoria approached him earlier than he approached her, saying, you could easily grab me now.
0: Okay. So she thirsty.
1: <laughs> very Which, I mean, fucking exploded husband. What are you going to do? He says that that took place shortly after her husband's death while driving a wagon together on the occasion of a cabinet transport. So they're transporting cabinets. That wagon is just really, really bouncy. Victoria was enjoying the ride a little bit more than he was, I think. And, you know, she tried to get laid.
0: Whoa. Yeah. This is a hot story.
1: It is. It's very, like I said, sexual tension. Yes. So Lawrence
0: did reject- I will just say, but I will just say it could be that she was just really hot and heavy for Lawrence and and feeling like she wanted to let's get it on, but maybe it's like maybe her dad's a fucking creep, and this was her way like being married was a way to yeah, it could have you know, been like push him away. It could have been a lot worse than we know about like and she was like, hey neighbor <laughs> yeah, hey, you wanna you wanna get with this because I gotta get out of here,
1: yeah, it very well could have been. Could have been the wagon. Could have been the cabinets. We don't know.
0: We don't know. I gotta go for a wagon ride. <laughs> no, totally. <just leave>
1: <laughs> uh, Lawrence did reject her offer at the time because he was still married. But it must have had special meaning to him because he remembered this incident 16 years later when Victoria had actually been dead for nine. So he remembered this very clearly. It was um,
0: uh, one of Lawrence's life regrets, it sounds like.
1: I think so. Just not boning her. At least not then. Initially, they both seemed to have planned a future together, including marriage and children. A marriage would have brought many advantages for both of them because they would have pulled their wealth, their property, and their children would have been the largest landowners in the valley. So these were two very land-rich groups of people that are interacting with one another. There was a lot at play.
0: Yeah, being strategic with it as well, it sounds like.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately for both of them, I guess, the wedding plans did fall through. Lawrence cites the reason is that Andres Gruber prevented the wedding, although Victoria claims she was not aware of anything that he said to have stopped the wedding from taking place.
0: Yeah, I bet not.
1: But, he's, yeah, he's fucking he's creepo. Creepy. Yeah, he's, he's a just fucking skeevy, old, gross man. Although there's no proof that he did that, there is reason to believe that even though there was a lot to benefit from the two families getting married, there was also a lot of reason that people didn't want them to get married that were older people in both of the families.
0: They're like, it's a coup.
1: Exactly. Uh, Like I said, Andreas Gruber was obviously against the plan winning. After Victoria's child was born, he spoke to the neighboring boys, Andreas Schweiger and Joseph Stipschlosser. I fucking guess that's how you say that. I don't know. According to Andreas, though... He, the neighbor, Andreas, he was against the marriage because he blamed Lawrence for the fact that he had to go to prison for a year because of incest. So he blamed not the fact that he was fucking his daughter on the fact he went to jail, but the fact that someone was like, that's not cool, man, and fucking got the police involved. So So he
0: blamed the neighbor for his arrest for incest. Yeah. Cool.
1: So he did not like Lawrence basically from the beginning, but he could not have prevented the wedding on the veto alone on his veto alone because he no longer had any decisive leverage in hand because, like we said earlier, that Victoria had already been handed the farm. So she had, at this point, she had the property. It was hers. Oh, gotcha. Mm Mm-hmm. Lauren's family also had reason to be against the wedding with Victoria. From the Schlittenbauer Chronic, which I'm assuming is a newspaper, it is known that his mother-in-law from his first marriage was fundamentally against Lauren's getting married again after the death of his first wife. It's probably related to the fact that the mother-in-law had brought the money to the farm and therefore the farm and other assets should have been, and therefore she wanted the farm and the other assets to benefit her biological grandchildren. If Lawrence had gotten married again, the children from the second marriage would have benefited from the property according to the marriage and inheritance contracts customary in Bavaria at the time.
0: Oh, wow. So if you got remarried, your old kids just got dropped.
1: Just pooped out. Your old kids. Kicked to the Your fucking curb. Kids. No, they're old kids. They're no, you're old kids. legally. I think you have to call them old kids. now <laughs> like, Those are my old kids. Yeah, we don't These talk about those anymore. These are my trash children. Oh
0: my god.
1: So ultimately, though, it it seems more likely that both families contributed to the failure of the marriage. Victoria and Lawrence were indeed farm owners, but the old people on the farms had a decisive say in marriage plans, and the young ones could not do what they wanted but had to be considerate. So at this point in time, you just listened to what the older generations had to say about what you were doing, no matter what, really. They, ha- they had to have a say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You just kind of fucking, they just did, went with it. They were like, all right, fucking I guess so, so. Fucking Pop Pop doesn't want me to get married because he wants to watch, fucking shove his finger up my asshole some more. Jesus so John. I guess I'm not getting married. We just have to be respectful
0: of our elders. <laughs> oh my god! Um, Tell us how you really feel. No, um, you don't want that. No, it's messed up, though. It's it's messed up. But I mean, I guess, I guess at the time it was re- they were they were thinking it was really about like strategy, right? It was about accumulating think, wealth yeah. and property for your family. For
1: I think them. it was they they were actually more in love, but the families themselves were thinking in that manner. Like, what's this going to do to my bottom line? if my daughter gets hitched to this asshole, which now that that also th- got me in trouble for having sex with her.
0: Which now that I'm thinking about, like maybe this is like some dark Gothic romance tale where he, like maybe he's, he wanted to save her. And so that's why he reported them. And then he wanted to get married. And like, he, I mean, we know, don't, know. Like, we just
1: really, we really, the the details are so sparse.
0: Yeah. I mean, honestly, when you think about it, we, we do know a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, we know a lot, but we don't know a lot of detail.
0: Right, unless you know what they what kept mean? it like a journal. A journal? Di- a, di- a diary or a journal. Yeah, it, I was it, to say. This, Why would we know anymore about ago. Their, ni- their, mm-hmm. lives. Exactly. their lives? Exactly. Wow. Oh my God. Okay.
1: Ultimately, the relationship between the two was talked to death, and the good relationship that they had turned into a really bad one. While this was all going on, at some point, Victoria did get pregnant and
0: so they yeah they they were having an affair at, yeah okay
1: they 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 did start having sex after his wife died they just okay. never were able to get married so while this was all going on victoria did get pregnant and after everything kind of turned sour lauren started to think that victoria had only seduced him because she wanted to actually subjugate her father's own child.
0: Ugh. So
1: he really believed that like these two were still touching each other's wiggly bits. <laughs> <laughs> they were bit to bit. They were bit bit to bit. bit. They were really knocking bits around. Oh god! <laughs> Just pressing on each other. Uh, so, but he really did. He really thought that like these these two did not stop fucking one another. They were having sex the whole time. He was convinced of it. So once again, incest rumors started to float around the community about these two. And Lawrence no longer wanted to have to pay for the unborn child because he was convinced that this is what happened. Three days after the child was born, whose name was Joseph, by the way, this kid did have a name. He is—he's like—it's weird because he's like the catalyst for the story. It seems like, and for the murders, but also he's very—he uh, doesn't have like a lot going on because I guess he's a fucking baby. Well, yeah, but, he's too. Yeah, <laughs> he really—he was like a keystone for what I think really ended up happening to him. But after he was born, Lawrence did try to indict get them indicted again for incest another time. The issue of paternity did end up kicking up a large legal battle between Lawrence and the Grubers. Lawrence, who was denying paternity, took the Grubers to court again in nineteen nineteen, alleging a continued relationship between Andreas and Victoria had produced Joseph. The court battle was eventually settled by Lawrence, who declared paternity but was only asked to pay a smaller, quote-unquote, maintenance fee as the father of the child. So initially they had asked for 3,000 marks. He ended up paying 1,800 marks. Uh, Although the court battle had caused the arrest of Victorian Andreas yet again, it was said to have ended amicably. So they were acquitted for the incest the second time during this court battle, so they weren't charged for it again. Lawrence ended up paying less than what he was going to have to initially, and so everyone kind of came out okay. He really didn't want to have anything to do with the kid, but legally, he technically at this point was the father because he signed papers saying that he was after the court battle. But nobody still is entirely certain of who Joseph's father was. A lot of people thought it was Lawrence's. Others were very convinced that it was another product of Victoria and Andrea's incestual relationship. We'll just never know. So that's sort of like I said. It's this legal battle and the the birth of this little boy really starts to kick things off in Hinterkaifeck for the Grubers, and eventually leads them down this path towards, I think, ultimately their deaths.
0: Interesting. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to follow up later on your theory of what happens okay. to them then. Yeah, you know, it's it's definitely. I think they definitely had a very tumultuous relationship. These these neighbors um, they love did. love hate. But to say that this is, like, where the murder begins is a hot take, I think.
1: I think it started, it was just like, uh, like I said, I think it was the cornerstone of what happened to them.
0: After the court battle, things slowed down in Hinterkaifeck for a time. In the months and weeks leading up to the massacre, however, a a number of strange events occurred at the Hinterkaifeck farm. Six months before the murders, the Gruber's housekeeper had quit, claiming that the Gruber home was haunted. So this gets really skipped over in a lot of different stories that I've read or a lot of different articles that I've read about this story. But when you think about what happened to them, that's really interesting. I don't really know. It's
1: very, that is very eerie. So A it, lot of people seem to think that they had some weird stuff going on, on their at their property.
0: Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking about like all of those creepypastas that I read about people living in the walls or crawl spaces of people's homes. like
1: That shit definitely happened all the time back then. I think. I'm
0: sure it did. Um, so that's kind of that's I don't know that's kind of where what my where my brain went when I saw that but it also could have just been haunted yeah neighbors told the police the family's patriarch had reported several strange incidents including unexplained footprints in the snow leading toward the farm but with none leading away from the property and strange footprints in the attic as well
1: yeah so once again someone I don't know that's that to me is the creepiest part of the whole story
0: 100 percent
1: I don't know what I would do. Now, <laughs> I'd fucking tear the house down.
0: No, like where I've heard this story um, covered before, and I read a lot of different um, versions. Not, I don't want to say versions of the story, but I read a lot of documents and articles about th- this. I feel like I've heard more coverage of this, the footprints, but I couldn't find it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was definitely a highlight of the story. It's very weird.
0: Right. I mean, but like, do you, re- do you remember any of the details about the footprints? Do you have any more info on them? Absolutely not.
1: Okay. Oh, oh wait. Sorry. I just... Uh, <laughs> Just found it. Okay. Uh, so Gruber told a neighbor that days before the attack, he had actually found those footprints in the snow, and they were leading towards his home, and they ended at the door to his machine room. The, the lock on that door was broken, and there was not another set of footprints leaving the farm.
0: To the machine room, though?
1: Yeah, the machine room. and But they said they looked, they investigated, and nothing was there. Okay. Very fucking creepy. Very creepy, but mm-hmm. also
0: interesting, and we'll circle back to why later.
1: And <coughs> also- If that fucking wasn't weird enough, one of the kids claims to have seen a man standing in the tree line days earlier watching the house.
0: Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, that one sent shivers down my spine. Just like.
1: Something about a strange shadow in the woods looking at you.
0: Through the trees. Don't like it.
1: Don't want it. No thanks.
0: Andreas also told his neighbors that his keys had gone missing and he'd found a strange newspaper in the house.
1: Yeah. Like what the fuck?
0: Can you find any more information on the newspaper? Because I can't.
1: I haven't seen anything about that, but it all, it, I mean, it all does point to someone might very well have just been chilling in that house with them. It reminds me of like that uh, movie, The Strangers. This is one of my biggest fears is like a home invasion and I don't know someone's in my house.
0: Yeah. Check your crawl spaces, people.
1: Yeah. Look under your fucking beds. Look. Oh God. Get, Okay. <laughs> Uh, side story to what we're talking about. My grandma or my great grandma, excuse me, and her husband were going to bed one night, and they did just that. They looked under their bed, and there was a fucking dude under their bed.
0: No fucking way. Yeah,
1: I think about that every goddamn night.
0: Oh my god, <laughs> no! Every single night. What did they do? Uh,
1: they ch- fucking I can't. Re- I don't even know if they had a, like a gun at the time. Uh, it was North Carolina, so probably, but they. Just kicked him out of the house. they were like, "Why are you here? Get out!" And he, I guess, he just left. I've heard a lot of those weird stories from back in the mountains where I'm from. It's just about people, just like they come in and no one really does anything about. It. They're just like, "Get out, get!" And the guy's like, "Okay, okay." okay. It's like you a got cartoon. Me. Very weird.
0: Well, I can't find anything else about the newspaper. All that, all else that I could find was that he did not buy it. It was a newspaper. It was a strange newspaper. And he it was one that he did not purchase himself. So, he declined to borrow a revolver from none other than Lawrence.
1: Yeah. Lawrence offered him a pistol because he was getting paranoid and he said, I don't need it.
0: So knowing all of this, knowing that there's these strange events that have happened, the neighbors weren't particularly concerned when Victoria's seven year old daughter also named Katselia.
1: There are three names in this town. (laughs) That's all there are.
0: Yeah. So there's. The little Concilia missed school on April 1st. For all anyone can tell, things seemed to be operating normally at the Gruber family farm. The animals appeared to be fed, and there was smoke coming from the chimney. So when the entire family skipped church that Sunday, even though they were regular attendees, no one blinked an eye. However, when Concilia didn't show up for school on Monday and the mailman noticed no one had picked up the letters he delivered over the weekend, the Gruber's neighbors began to worry about the six people who lived at the Hinterkaifeck farm. We should note um, something interesting that happened on April 3rd. A mechanic named Albert Hoffman spent five hours at the Gruber farm repairing a feed machine and left without seeing any member of the household.
1: He's not getting paid to talk. He's there to fix the machine. He did his job.
0: I just think that's really interesting, though, when we're thinking about the fact that the machinery, wherever that had been stored, was broken into in the months leading up to Uh, this event.
1: So you think that the mechanic had something to do with it? Mm,
0: I don't know. We'll get to some serious later, but it's pretty sus, if you ask me. Sus, Sus,
1: kids. We, We said it.
0: We said it. We're hip. You're welcome. It was later that day, three neighbors visited the grouper farm to see if something was amiss they found the barn doors locked and broke in to discover the bludgeoned corpses of four groupers. A boy was immediately dispatched on his bicycle to the nearby village of Wengen, where he alerted the mayor. Police summoned from Munich reached the farm to find dozens of curiosity seekers milling around the property, contaminating the crime scene and even making snacks in the kitchen. <laughs> so... This,
1: okay, this is like true crime was always a big thing. It was. People want to act like people that look like listen to it and learn about it now or fucking weird but people love this shit you don't do fucking anything your whole fucking life all you do is grow wheat and potatoes and if you're a kid you go to school and you just get beat i'm assuming someone's you fucking their your neighbor's head's gone and they're just laying a pile of hay you're damn right the whole town's there to see it because they are all just miserable and they're like someone. something happened someone is more miserable than i am i have to go see it oh god This is like very common. People would set up carts and stuff around murders and sell merchandise.
0: Well, it sure didn't help the Groovers.
1: No, it's not. You know, it's uh, never does. Never, never helps. Your
0: distance. Don't be helping yourself to the food in the kitchen, y'all. Come on. They
1: just don't know any better. (laughs) No one knows. There's no etiquette or procedure to investigate a murder at this point. I think you could probably do that at any murder in the twenties. You could just walk in and cook over the dead body.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess so.
1: Tell me if I'm wrong. Debate me.
0: <laughs> you can reach us at, at Gmail at thelrhshow at gmail.com.
1: I'm, you know, after four years of election and politics, uh, I'm ready to keep arguing. <laughs> I'm really ready. So just send me something. You know, well trained. He's here. ready to go. I'm ready. I'm veteran.
0: So the police came from Munich, and they began to conduct an investigation. The investigation offered a time frame of the deaths and how they were murdered, but little else. On the night of March thirty first, nineteen twenty two, someone murdered Andreas, who was sixty three, Katsilia,
1: the older Katsilia, the
0: older Katsilia. She was seventy two. Their daughter Victoria, who was thirty five, Victoria's children Joseph, who I'm gonna actually say it might be Joseph.
1: Yeah, it probably is Joseph.
0: And small Katsilia, who was seven, as well as the family's housekeeper Maria Baumgartner, who was, was forty four.
1: First day.
0: It was her first day on the job. She had literally started hours before this happened. Yep. Talk about bad luck.
1: God, awful luck.
0: I was going to say don't buy a lottery ticket, but you can't. She's not
1: buying anything. Oh.
0: A doctor performed autopsies on the six victims and determined they had probably been killed with a mattock or like an ice pick.
1: Uh, like a pickaxe. A pickaxe. Yeah, that's yeah. another way to say it's it. It's got like a hoe on one end or a flat you know, piece of metal and then the blade on the other.
0: Right. The maid, Maria, was murdered in her bedroom. While Joseph was killed in his crib, I'm not going to jokingly say his name while I'm talking about his. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Joseph was in his crib dead, murdered. Okay. Um, The maid, Maria, was murdered in her bedroom, while Joseph was killed in his crib in his mother's room. However, the remaining members of the family were all murdered in the barn, leading the authorities to develop a disturbing theory. This led investigators to believe the killer lured four of the victims to the barn one at a time and systematically attacked them with a matic.
1: that's pretty brutal that's pretty middle
0: yeah yeah <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty brutal one at a time like and so but then you, you, so you, you know you like the question. first one it's like it's bad the first one's bad but then like everyone after that it's worse because you walk in and you see the brutality before it happens to you
1: him. might you don't know uh, yeah like I okay. guess it could be dark. It uh, it's is definitely very dark. Very dark. You're right. It's definitely dark. But at this point, like, are they going out there because they've heard someone's voice, or is there just enough farm animals making a scene that people are getting up one at a time to go check and see what's going on? I don't like know. the husband was like, "I'll go check," because that's what his job was, and he doesn't come back. So the wife goes out there, and then all of a sudden, what's the daughter seven year old. I exactly. That's what I'm well, saying. Some, she, that leads somebody me had to, to call believe her that, there. I don't. Yeah, exactly. That leads me to believe someone they knew. Oh. because okay, I don't remember. It's a uh, this is very this fucking creepy ass people around this town. The I read somewhere I can't remember where in one of my articles that the maid actually spoke to someone through her window several times in the night. The old maid.
0: Oh, the one yeah. that quit.
1: Yeah, the old maid had a, had a conversations with a stranger that she did not know through the the window of her room. It's casual. Yeah. Just a, uh, hello, what? hello, Maria. Like, why are you talking? Why the fuck are you talking to this stranger out in the... That's mm, He must have said again, something
0: she didn't like because she left. She hightailed it out of there eventually.
1: We'll talk about that a little bit more later.
0: Okay, so here's the theory on the order of the events then. After murdering the elderly couple, their daughter, and their granddaughter, the perpetrator stacked the family's bloody corpses on top of each other and covered them with hay. If that's not disturbing enough, the next part's pretty... pretty rough. Definitely
1: the, yeah, the most wicked part of the story.
0: Yeah, if you're, if you're squeamish, you might want to fast forward like 30 seconds. Investigators discovered young Katselia had clumps of hair in her hands and bald patches all over her head, causing them to conclude she had ripped out her own hair. The authorities theorized that the little girl probably didn't die right away from her injuries, Cacelia may have torn out her own hair as she lay terrified and dying next to the corpses of her mother and grandparents in the barn for several hours. Whew.
1: Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> fucking terrible. That's Jesus. brutal. Yeah, there's something about like old Tommy Terror and just people ripping their hair out and clawing doors until their fingernails fall off and stuff. Something that really creeps me out.
0: Yeah, we've been... <laughs> we've been so desensitized we're like what does pure terror like that really feel like
1: yeah that's like we're you know, kindergarteners in mind. america
0: have been trained for shooting sprees so yeah they're not you're not seeing terror like that anymore not these days
1: no not no uh ex murders. i just wonder why they chose not to just uh kill her
0: that seems pretty like evil that that bit
1: yeah, it's really fucked up. But it's like you don't. Well, once again, we don't know who killed them. But the killer could have done this in sort of like a manslaughter esque way. Like it wasn't really predicted. Or he it wasn't like a killing it wasn't, spree. Well, it wasn't really premeditated. He just all of a sudden something was like, and he went over there. He did it. He couldn't bring himself to kill Cecilia.
0: Oh, interesting theory. And like-
1: in a panic, and in, in, he was probably in some sort of form of shock as well. He just left and left her there. Maybe he didn't know.
0: Except for the part where they, there's a lot of evidence that they stuck around. So, according to the police, as the seven-year-old girl who was alive but fatally injured was dying in the barn, surrounded by the dead bodies of her family, the killer, or killers, we don't know, uh, went inside the house and murdered the housekeeper and the two-year-old, Joseph. Then, instead of fleeing the grisly scene, the authorities, based on testimony from the neighbors and evidence found inside the home concluded that the perpetrator or perpetrators didn't leave Hinterkaifeck Farm right away.
1: Yeah, I think they were already really cozy by the time these murders had happened, and they just stuck around.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so creepy. Yeah, they were like,
1: I got everything I fucking need here. They're like,
0: this is my house now. Plenty
1: of meats, jellies, German, uh, what do Germans eat? Uh, Sauerkraut. Plenty (laughs) of of that. You know, why would I go anywhere? But this is what I'm saying. I think that in his shock... I don't, I think it was sort of a manslaughter situation. I don't, and we're going to talk about this later, but I don't think that, uh, I think that's why I left the kid in there, no, no matter whether or not they, they were there or not, or whether or not they left the home. They were made, right. They were in sort of a state of shock after they did it, and I don't know, I think some of them mentally had lapsed.
0: But then the question, the question is then, where did they go after that? Were they still lapsed in judgment and just wandered off into the Well, we can talk abyss, about that in a little the void? bit. void? Um, The killings went undetected for four days. This was largely because in the days after the murders, like I said said earlier, the Gruber's neighbors saw smoke coming from the home's chimney, indicating someone was using the house's fireplace. Thus, it seemed as if the family were alive and well. This next part is really interesting and strange when you think about the brutality inflicted on the human victims. In addition to smoke coming from the chimney, um, the farm animals and the livestock were fed and someone even went to the trouble of milking the cows, which I just thought that part was interesting. Like,
1: yeah, it's maybe he was fucking gonna weird. drink the milk,
0: but like, you're taking great care of these animals. They're well fed. The cows have been milked. Um, their bellies are full. Leads and- me
1: to believe that whoever did this had experience with animals. I think they wanted to take care of them. They were like, "Oh fuck, man! Like now I gotta take care of these people's animals. I'm not gonna just let them die out here." I really so think strange. so.
0: Police also discovered someone had recently eaten food in the family's house, causing them to conclude the killer had not only lived in the house after murdering six people, but had also performed daily tasks like preparing meals and maintaining the farm. Which, yeah, it's kind of. But ridiculous.
1: they could but. also have just been trying to put up a facade and just. Like, look, everything's totally fine over here. You don't need to come over here and check in the barn. Everything's fine in the the barn.
0: Like, I feel like you could probably get away with that for at least a couple of days without anybody noticing from Uh, the neighbor. I don't know. without Without the neighbors noticing.
1: If the cows need milk, they're going to make noise. Eventually, someone will go, those cows need milk yeah (laughs) and they'll come over i don't know i just i think it has a lot once again back to this whoever did this was like oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck and they were like they wanted everything to seem as normal as it possibly could be for as long as possible before they had to just get out of town
0: well during the course of the investigation more than a hundred suspects were questioned by the inspector george Reingruber about their possible involvement in the brutal killings but no one was ever charged However, there was some information that was pulled from different witnesses um, during said investigation that helped police at least develop some theories. During the time in between the killings and when the bodies had been found, an artisan Michael Plackel happened to pass by Hinterkaifeck. Plackel observed that the oven had been heated by someone. <clears throat> the person had approached him with a lantern and blinded him, whereupon he hastily continued on his way. Plackel also noticed that that the smoke from the fireplace had a disgusting smell.
1: Yes, very strange. Oh, I very, don't like that. Honestly, the whole thing—that whole we- is a—that whole thing is a very weird encounter. Like all it took was a-, a lantern, and he was like, "I better go. Gotta go look at the time. Gotta get out of here." I think he knew something was something fucking was up. something yeah. was wrong. And when someone came out and then shined the lantern directly in his face, he was like, "Uh,
0: I'll be on my way." Yeah, Sorry, excuse I me. didn't see nothing. I not I, see- tell-
1: I can't tell anyone what I saw. You
0: didn't see me. I didn't see you. On April 1st at 3 a.m., the farmer and butcher, Simon Rheinblander, on the way home near Brunnen, saw two unknown figures at the edge of the forest. When the strangers saw him, they turned around so that their faces could not be seen. Later, when he heard of the murders in Kaifak, he thought it possible that the strangers might be involved. The two strangers turned out to be two teenage boys from the village who were viewed as suspects for some time. So those are some eyewitness accounts, but maybe let's dive into the initial investigation. Yeah, let's a little do bit it.
1: More. So initial investigations were hampered by the number of people who had uh, interacted with the crime scene, cooked things, moved moved bodies and items around, and uh, were just generally taking up space in the pro- on the property. The day after the discovery of the bodies, court physician Johann Baptist Mueller performed autopsies in the barn. It was established that a mattock or pickaxe was the most likely murder weapon, though the weapon itself was not at the scene. Evidence showed that the younger Katzelia had been alive for several hours after the assault, and like we said, she had torn her hair out in tufts while lying in the straw. So she was alive like, they, like we talked about. The skulls of the victims were removed and sent to Munich, where they were further examined. While robbery was first suspected, police changed their mind after finding large sums of cash undisturbed in the house.
0: We could also say here that their uh, skulls were never returned.
1: Yeah, they never got their heads back. Uh,
0: And apparently, I I saw somewhere um, that the heads were sent off for further examination, but also uh, that a clairvoyant was hired to try to help solve this murder. Yeah,
1: I saw that too. She, like, touched the skulls and, you know, did that shit. And then
0: someone lost them, I guess.
1: Yeah, they're just fucking gone, as far as I as I can tell. Oh,
0: actually, I know this. I had I had seen that they were they were being stored somewhere in Munich, but then World War II hit. Yeah, and yeah. they were gone forever.
1: Ugh, that's <laughs> fucking fucked up. I know.
0: Okay, sorry. You go ahead.
1: So, for reasons that are still unclear today, the mechanic Albert Hoffner was not questioned until 1933. The last interrogation in the case occurred in 1986, based on supposed new leads, but it also proved fruitless. An elderly woman had approached the police in 1999, claiming that her ex-landlord had claimed knowledge of the crimes in 1935, but without a live suspect, that lead also went nowhere. There were several other large suspects throughout the murder case, including Lawrence. Uh, Lawrence came under suspicion by locals early in the investigation because he had some very suspicious activities following. The discovery of the bodies and he was actually present when the bodies were discovered. He like showed up with the crowd and was like, What's going on? So he was just kind of floating around the scene, very, you know, telling of a murderer.
0: It's true. That yeah. is like a clear sign is like somebody coming that is a a thing, you know, about uh serial killers yeah. returning to the scene of the crime or see returning to the scene of the crime. But also, he was a neighbor, so it sounded like there was a lot of commotion. He could have just gone well, out to the, where the commotion was. Well,
1: it's not just that though. Okay. Uh, when this is according, this is from Wikipedia, uh, and I've, I have heard this other places as well. When Schlittenbauer and his friends came to investigate, they had to break a gate to enter the barn because all the doors were locked. However, immediately after finding the four bodies, Schlittenbauer apparently unlocked the front door with a key and entered the house alone. A key to the house had gone missing several days before the murders, like we said, though it's possible that Schlittenbauer, as a neighbor and Victoria's lover, might have been given a key. So we don't know where he got the key from. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, That's a little sketch. Yeah. Uh, his companions did ask him why he went into the house alone when it was unclear, and Schlittenbauer allegedly stated that he went to look for his son, Yosef.
0: Okay. 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 Uh-huh.
1: It's it's very fucking shady. And regardless of any of this, it is known as a fact that he did touch the bodies in the barn.
0: Yeah, that's not great.
1: No, it's none of it's great. <laughs> that's not um, great. Um but yeah, I mean, there was a lot of suspicion around him for for the rest of his life. People claim later in life that he visited the the remains of the de- demolished farm in the, the late 20s. It was demolished in 1923. Yes. So the farmstead is gone, but apparently he came back to it. Uh he also stated that the perpetrator's attempt to bury the family's remains in the barn had been hindered by the frozen ground. Why is he why is he thinking about it like that, you know? Uh some people think that's evidence that Schlittenbauer had knowledge of the conditions of the ground at the time of the murders. Although being in I'm
0: sorry. He said he was he just theorizing Yeah, he's like they he could have just...
1: buried him. The ground was too cold.
0: Oh no. <laughs> okay. Oh no.
1: Yeah. Um I mean, a lot of people brought some shit up against him, and he actually won several civil claims for slander against those people later in life as well. Wow. uh, So, yeah, he ended up dying in 1941, scot-free. So there was a lot of people that thought he was involved. There were also a lot of other locals. There were some brothers... A lot of weird. You start to get into like this weird gray area of like rumors and truth and stuff. It's like some people claim like their mom came by and was like, "My brothers were the ones who did it." Some brothers claim that they talked to, they heard one of their older brothers saying something. and He claimed he did it. Another really weird theory is that Victoria's old husband is the one that did it, the one who allegedly uh, quote unquote died, and that he came back and seeing everything that was happening in a rage murdered the entire family. But I mean, that's fucking. That even I mean, that's obviously a stretch. Yeah, at least to me. Definitely. So, yeah, there were a, a ton of people that were like very thoroughly investigated. He, you know, all these rumors did get the attention of the Munich Police Department and they worked as well as you could in what 1920 to try and gather evidence. But it was like the crime scene was just too contaminated. There really weren't any witnesses. It was a very tough situation for them in general. We do have one last theory that involves political extremists of the right or left, whose violence wrecked Germany from 1921 to 1933 when Hitler seized power and suppressed all opposition. Nazis and communists fought for 12 years in bloody guerrilla warfare, street fighting, and assassination. So what does that have to do with the Gruber's? There's no real evidence that links Andreas Gruber to any to either side of this political spectrum, But a lot of people speculate that his isolated farm might have been an ideal hideout or meeting place for a militant group, which could have sparked retaliation later. These murders were known as murders, or in German, Femmorda, which were a series of politically motivated murders in this time period in Germany by the far right against political opponents deemed treasonous. So there is a chance that something like that was going on. It was a very hectic time for Germany. Something could have happened on his farm that got him killed.
0: Like vigilante justice or yeah, mil- mil- militant militia yeah. justice? Could have been. Him. Okay.
1: Personally, I think Yosef was the cornerstone in, in this story, and I think that it was Lawrence that did the killing. I think he had some sort of a mental lapse and realized after killing one person in the barn, oh shit, what am I going to do now? And so very slowly, he convinced everyone to come out. If he didn't do it like that, I think he was just in a rage and was like, I can't i hate this child i this child is a product of incest there i'm having to pay for it for no reason and he just went totally batshit crazy for a while
0: i have to argue with you here and i do so lovingly
1: okay what is it Tell it me. couldn't
0: have been an attack of rage he'd plant if, the, if it is lawrence if it is in fact lawrence who murdered his family i believe that he plotted it for weeks if not months prior to this actual uh massacre Think about the footprints and the missing key and the barn being broken into and the the housekeeper talking to somebody and the footsteps in the attic like he was um what's the word
1: pretty meditated
0: no 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 what's the word for when you when a burglar is like oh he was casing the joint
1: oh yeah no so but you also think Lawrence did it
0: no I no. think the mechanic did do it you really I do well I don't know I don't necessarily look I actually wrote <laughs> I wrote literally right out here. Personally, I'm not sure which theory <laughs> I subscribe to, <laughs> but I do think it's interesting to note that one of the places that have been broken into prior to this happening um was the same mechanic room or the cedary or what 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 did we call it mechanic room um that he then worked in for hours the day that the bodies were found yeah he he was just working there alone and didn't he just didn't see anybody. He "Quote unquote," didn't see anybody. Oh, and so you think went he's on his lying. way. Yeah, and then he wasn't investigated mm. until over ten years later. He wasn't investigated. Why was he not investigated until ten years later?
1: It's a good question. That gives I don't him know.
0: plenty of time. Plenty of time <laughs> to get his story straight. That's uh, all I'm saying. No,
1: absolutely.
0: But I also wrote here. Who's to say it was such a pointed crime?
1: It could have been random. It could have been random. It
0: could have been random. What if it was just somebody that had been hitchhiking his way across Germany? Stopped to this farmhouse, was looking for somewhere warm. Maybe he was creeping in and out of the attic for a month or a few days or however long before he finally – something happened and it forced him to act. Well, maybe as science progresses, we'll finally solve this almost 100-year cold case. But for now, I think it's going to remain just that.
1: No, I think so too. And I think there's something that we can talk about here that we haven't even brought up. It's just the fact that for like a really long time – Axe murders were very common.
0: Axe <laughs> murders were a thing.
1: Yeah, it just, like, for a long period of time. Because everyone just fucking had an axe. And, like, you weren't going to put your axe up every night after you're chopping wood and stuff. It was very easy for someone to show up, grab the axe, kill you and your entire family. So it's very easy to believe that something like that could have happened. Like, a vagrant could have showed up and just murdered them. Because that was, uh. there's a lot of theories that suggest a lot of people in this time period were serial killers and they did just hop around from town to town especially in the united states because there was an ex-murder a big one in uh iowa or illinois i believe and uh, they believe that that one was linked to several others in places like St. Louis, I think, or somewhere else in. Isn't there some a other theory the that
0: the Hinterkaifeck murders are related to those murders? It might didn't be? they Maybe happen around the same time?
1: I'd, honestly, I'd, I'd have to go look at it. But listeners,
0: th- we will follow up with you if we find any more info. I think that there is a theory, though, that this German murder is related to a string of axe murders in the United States.
1: That's fucking crazy, but I I could see it really and truly. I could see it because it, axes it. were literally everywhere you
0: could just i'm sure you could get away with so much back then absolutely just go ahead murder family hop on a train throw just away that going. axe mm-hmm. keep on going live yep. your best life fake
1: names every single place you go it's just fucking
0: wild times
1: man like we said this murder will probably remain a mystery forever we'll probably never know who did it and that's the Hinterkaifeck axe murders
0: you think never
1: never i don't think we will and I like
0: to think in like some crazy future reality that we're able to like go back and just figure the shit out somehow. I don't know how. No, but it's in my very heart, di- I mean, I'm it's like, hard oh, to, maybe someday.
1: It's hard to determine what happened when a case gets this old, especially considering how like the time frame that it was in. Like they don't like a hundred years no from now. There was no DNA collection. Exactly. Like, there was
0: no fingerprinting. Exactly. A
1: hundred year murder hundred years from now is going to look a lot different and they might be able to solve that right but to look back then it's like we got these bones that's it we lost oh i think it is also important to note that um that the farm was demolished in 1923 and they actually did find the matic speaking of that they found it in Ooh, the attic they,
0: they found the matic in the attic
1: yeah the matic in the attic the, wow. so they did find the, the murder weapon they also found a folding knife but that was pretty much where it ended so, still, mm. I mean, it's evidence, but what's it going to mean now? Everyone, everyone involved in that story, literally, is probably dead.
0: Yes, and while the ho- house was torn down, um, there is a memorial.
1: There is for, a for creepy little house. memorial <laughs> in a creepy little village in Germany, which is beautiful, and I'm sure it's a great town. But uh, I, I would just wanted like to say go check too, it
0: out. though, um, I think a hundred years from now they're going to prove that. Much.
1: Probably. <laughs> we'll see.
0: We'll see. Yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> also, last, last thing the Munich Police Department did open this case up again in 2007 as a cold case. They believe, quote unquote, believe they might know who did it, <gasps> but they won't release the information due to respect to the person's ancestors.
0: Oh. Not,
1: not ancestors, the fucking, like their children's his children. Family, yeah, right. His family. Yeah, his family. So his or her. Yeah. Really. There is an idea of who did it according to the police, but we'll never know what that Come is. Come on. Mm-hmm. They're going to leave us hanging.
0: Well, if you have any theories about what happened in Kaifek back in 1922, hit us up. You can uh, slide right into our DMs on Instagram, hit us up on Facebook or uh, send us an email.
1: Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. We had a blast making it like we always do. We have a Bunch of episodes lined up through New Year's for you guys, and we're really excited to keep sharing these crazy stories with you all.
0: You guys, next week's episode's gonna be so good! Yeah, very,
1: very excited. Definitely it's, uh, one of our favorites. Yeah. It's for another, sure. It's another cryptid, and I think he's a little bit more mainstream, and he's connected to this specific date in November that's happening next week. So we're really excited to tell you this story.
0: It's like an anniversary episode. kind of is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm pretty excited. Um, but I had mentioned social media earlier, so let's bring it back and um, tell you guys where you can find us. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the underscore L-R-H underscore pod. You can also find us uh, on Facebook at the L-R-H pod. And you can reach us via email at the L-R-H show at gmail.com. Also... Should we thank our our very first Patreon yeah. subscriber?
1: Yeah, we want to thank Jessica C for being our very first Patreon subscriber.
0: Woo-hoo! We did it.
1: We're a podcast now.
0: We're legit.
1: Thank you so much, Jessica. Seriously, we appreciate the support. We hope... Others will take note.
0: And follow your lead.
1: Yeah, we have so many good ideas, and we're so glad you guys are willing to support us in our endeavors. So thank you again, Jessica C. Yeah, you, you, got, some,
0: you got some uh, exclusive content coming your way, girl. Keep an eye out.
1: You can also subscribe to our Patreon. At and pa- should. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> at patreon.com slash the LRH podcast. Help us. Keep making these stories, and we'll provide you with some exclusive content, some cool swag, and access to a Discord where you can chat with us and see some of our photos, news stories, and some of the places that we're getting our information from. So, thank you guys so much for listening. Like we said, if you're listening on Apple, give us a and interview that will help us get onto the new podcast page, and it would mean the world to us. Your review will help us get into the ears of people all over the world, and that's really what we're trying to do here
0: beat the algorithm yes it's what we're
1: always trying to do like i said guys look out for next next week's episode you guys have a great week and thanks for joining us here again on the long Long road Road Home. home goodbye everyone
0: see you later bye